Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. Today's episode begins with an opening story from Laura Yosef, who shares a poem she discovered while procrastinating, but ultimately inspired her to have a shift in perspective. Here's more from Laura. Hello, I'm Laura Yosef, a writer based in Harlem. Something that's made me slow down recently is a poem by Ariel Francisco called A Beautiful Sunday Afternoon. I discovered this while procrastinating and feeling really dreadful one day. And then I read this and it quite literally stopped me in my tracks and made me consider that perhaps what I have to offer is good and beautiful enough. And now I'll offer it to you. A beautiful Sunday afternoon for Devin. Cradling a bright hangover on a friend's couch, sunlight stretching into the living room from some open window faring voices in from the patio, the smell of coffee crawling into my nose like sluggish ants. I could lie here under the weight of my decisions and indecisions, under the unfamiliar shadows of unfamiliar furniture until I become one with this couch, but I pull myself up the same way the darkness pulls light into the room by the fistful and out into the day where my friends have been cupping coffee longer, listening to their upstairs neighbor wonderfully practice the saxophone at his window three stories up while a mockingbird invisible in the shifting leaves overhead fails miserably and delightfully to keep up, to call back each tune in its own way its little broken reflection carrying in the wind, and it's almost too beautiful to bear, but I bear it. Thank you so much again to Laurie for sharing. Again, the poem she read is A Beautiful Sunday Afternoon by Ariel Francisco. Now here's my conversation with Naomi Shaw. We look to stories as portals to our shared humanity. The art of storytelling remains a constant in a world that becomes more and more digitally inclined. But the fact of the matter is this. Fiction can serve as a compelling medium to teach us things about ourselves and others that we wouldn't have been able to recognize in the grind of daily life. Naomi Shaw understands this idea and has tapped into the opportunity that comes with modern storytelling by launching Meet Cute a next-generation entertainment company that makes short-form audio rom-coms that, in their words, take you from Meet Cute to Happily Ever After in 15 minutes. For Naomi, Meet Cute's mission of breathing new life into the rom-com genre is also rooted in something that's more transcendent, providing hope for the whole world. While romantic comedies appeal to our inner fantasies, Meet Cute is here to shake up the narrative of what it means to create stories around hope, human connection, and representation in this day and age. 
And in a time that's calling on all of us to band together, Meet Cute is playing its role in writing the next chapter of the story of us. In this conversation, Naomi shared more about the inception of Meet Cute, why audio storytelling is an important vehicle to spark imagination, and why slowing down makes us better storytellers, both personally and professionally. There's a lot to get into, so I won't give too much more away. And with that said, here's my conversation with Naomi Shaw of Meet Cute. I'm Naomi. I am the founder and CEO of Meet Cute, um, as you mentioned. Outside of work, I really value quality time with my family and close friends, especially outdoors and especially right now. Um, when home life and work life are so overlapped, I feel like the time that I'm really able to unplug and fully dedicate to resting and recouping from work um, and being on my phone a little bit less is definitely when I'm outdoors. So since quarantine started, it's been a lot of park time in SF, hikes on the weekends, and then I try to do morning and evening commutes around the neighborhood to pick up a coffee or a fun breakfast. And that kind of changes my mood instantly, even to be outside for 10 or 15 minutes. And sometimes I have to remind myself to do that because I know it will dramatically improve the rest of my day. Sure. Do you find that you're naturally kind of slowing down in these moments? Because it sounds like that all of these things kind of leave room to engage in storytelling, especially given Meet Cute's audio format. I mean, are you listening to podcasts? Definitely. I think that um, I love listening to podcasts and audio content, but even in these moments, I sometimes like to just leave my phone at home and have conversations in real life with the people I'm with. So oftentimes we'll go you know, on a walk with my roommates or my significant other. And all of that, I think, allows me to unplug a little bit from being right at my laptop, right at my phone. I think we're so used to today, especially being responsive in a way that we weren't expected to before. So, you know, responding to text immediately, responding to Slack messages, being on our email 24-7. And that I think is in line with what it takes to start a company and, you know, how I think I, I should be successful in this role. But I think that in order to do that and in order to not burn out on that, it is really important to say, okay, you know what, like these 10 or 15 minutes, let me just you know, take a break from consuming content, consuming headlines, and allow myself a little bit of room to think. And that kind of gives me the space that I need in a creative workflow to spend a little bit of time like zoning out and also zooming out to things that are a little bit bigger picture, more strategy oriented. So I almost think of those periods of my day as ways that I can kind of close the tactical day-to-day parts of my brain and open up this like larger, bigger picture thinking. And that's where some of the creativity comes from uh, when I think about growing Meet Cute and, and some of the cool ideas that we can do as a storytelling company, as a romantic comedy company, that when you're so plugged into the day-to-day is hard to come by. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, to that point about storytelling, at least for me, I've really come to understand how critical it is to immerse ourselves in stories and to really treat you know, books, articles, podcasts with such reverence, especially as we are much more isolated than we've ever been. And I know that stories have been 
you know, my main source of comfort during this time and company. And so, you know, kind of building on this talk of slowing down and storytelling and before we get into talking about meet cute, I would first love to have you share a story, whether it's an article, a poem or a book that made you slow down recently, or, you know, as you were kind of alluding to inspired a new way of thinking about modern storytelling. So I recently reread um, The Opposite of Loneliness by Marina Keegan. And I keep coming back to this piece because I think it's such an honest piece of work and there's a lot to unpack in it. And reading it for me almost amplifies the emotions because Marina, the author, passed away very young before her work was published. So a lot of her main points tie into the fact that people in life are on this treadmill and getting off of that metaphorical treadmill is really hard to do, but it's really important if you want to find out who you are and who you want to be. Like one excerpt from one of her essays is at night, aimlessly scrolling. I remind myself of elementary school murals. One person can make a difference, but people are asking me what I want to be when I grow up. And they don't want me to make a poster anymore. They want me to fill out forms and hand them rectangular cards that say, hello, this is what I do. And being early on in my career, I feel like this resonates with me a lot because there are so many metrics of success. And I think that slowing down and being very purposeful about why those are metrics of success or what you want your own metrics of success to be is really important. Like in running a startup, I know that there are hard and fast milestones that people look for. And those define whether we're tracking close to what a successful company looks like or not. And all of that said, I think those are really, really important. And I value those metrics. But if we can get one person to feel good about our stories or convince one misfit that they can be a protagonist in a rom-com and feel a connection to our stories, I think that that's a huge success. And that requires slowing down to think about that. So how we take innovation and creativity to do that, I think is, is how I see Marina's excerpt or Marina's essays kind of tying into the content that Meet Cute is creating. And I think that if we can apply that to our storytelling, we'll truly build these strong, trusted communities around the content, which is the goal of, of me building Meet Cute. It's that form of trust and, and community that I think we're really seeking. And to me, that's a much less tangible metric of success, but something that I think is really valuable. And I keep coming back to the opposite of loneliness because I think it touches on a lot of these things indirectly. She talks about it as an individual, but I think that they can kind of be extrapolated to groups of people and societies, especially today when we're in this very fast paced world. And a lot of people are seeking that, you know, purposeful connection or, or slowing down in different ways. I mean, her work, I remember, you know, when the tragedy occurred and I've also recently picked up the opposite of loneliness again after so many years, but it was so clear that she was so in love or attuned to the intricacies of life. Just, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, as you talk about the story of Meet Cute and how you're kind of viewing this runway to kind of disrupt an entire genre, first... Tell us if there is an early memory you have of witnessing or experiencing a meet cute in your own life. And if there has been, how has that moment stayed with you throughout your career and in turn impacted how you're building meet cute today? I love this question. I think uh, what I love the most about it is that a meet cute moment is just any moment of human connection. And it doesn't have to be romantic in nature. But I think 
the earliest meet cute moment that I remember in my life is, is hearing that of my parents. And I've asked my parents this question so many times. They met in a way that was pretty close to an arranged marriage in India, but that story feels so special. Like how did they decide in four or five days that this was the person they were going to spend the rest of their life with? And every time that story's told, I just want to like settle in and ask more questions because it never gets old. And I think how it connects to what I'm building today and my career is that listening to their meet cute story time and time again, I've realized that their whole story is rooted in this idea of taking a leap of faith. And I think that meet cute moments in and of themselves are very serendipitous moments. It's not something that's planned out that you can write a agenda for and, and, and get to a final destination. It's very much serendipitous. And it's kind of this like zany, meant to be together kind of moment. And when they decided to start a life together, they also moved to America without like leaving their extended families behind. They worked in corporate America. They got MBAs. They decided to start a company together. And through all of that, they had to lean on each other and, and navigate through a lot of uncertainty and ended up being, you know, what from my vantage point, one of the strongest relationships that I look up to. And so I guess how I connect it to what I'm doing today is watching them build something from nothing is was very inspiring to me growing up. And when I think about taking leaps of faith or just kind of trusting in in the process, I think that, that building a company becomes something that I'm excited about and not something that is super scary, even though it's so new and unknown. And so I would say that that meet cute moment is definitely one of the most formational for me and one that I like to talk to them about a lot because it has informed and kind of inspired a lot of the risk taking that I've done in my own life, both personal and professional. I love that. I love that so much. Do you think you would ever do an episode that kind of is inspired by their story? Definitely. I think um, I actually early on like shared their story not in a in a meet cute 15 minute story but kind of in a shorter form version in one of our weekly newsletters that goes out and i think that you know meet cute is so built around diversity and storytelling and and bringing these different types of meet cute moments together that an arranged marriage situation that ended up resulting in this like incredible life together and um you know building a lot more than than just that one moment is definitely something that I would I would tell a story around. I need to talk to my mom and, and kind of get all of the juicy details and everything and quotes from her, but I think that would be a really fun one to incorporate into our library. Yeah, so do I. And I think what's so interesting about Meet Cute, I mean, there are many things that are interesting about what you're doing, but content-wise and storytelling-wise, every episode or all the episodes capture such a distinct kind of moment in a love story or in just a story of, of connection. And something that I always am curious about for fellow storytellers is, you know, how this idea of pace informs the development of these stories. Because given the episode format and the time constraint, what have you learned in terms of how pace influences the tone and the mood of these very bite-sized moments that you're trying to have come across? Definitely. I think it's very important that we keep our stories exactly 15 minutes and, and kind of moving along in that informs pace a lot. And I think that the reason we're so time constrained and format constrained is we believe that that is how we will build trust as a brand with our listeners. So people know the format of a rom-com. They come to our stories to get that 
emotional hit of happily ever after and hope without having to think about too much else. And I think that the consistency of our pace allows people to relax and sink into a story, which is kind of the beauty of this genre. And people have a lot of options about how to spend their time consuming content. So part of what I want to do with Meet Cute is be respectful of people's time by creating these bite-sized stories that move through the narrative arc of a rom-com in these three-minute chapters. So having our chapters be exactly three minutes long, actually it ends up being the length of a pop song today. And I think that the pace of those chapters has shown people that they can re-listen to parts of our story because of the format constraints. So it allows them to actually revisit moments of the story that they resonated with, whether that's the meet cute moment or the happily ever after moment. And that is very much in line with how people consume music. And I think that there is some really interesting parallels between music and short form scripted storytelling that Meet Cute is now able to tap into and explore more. So I think that this kind of pace of moving through a 15 minute rom-com has allowed us to take those types of creative risks and also build trust with our audience because they know a Meet Cute story is never going to be 13 minutes. It's never going to be 20 minutes. They know exactly what time to dedicate to it. And that takes some friction out of deciding whether to click into a meet cute story or not. And then the element of surprise is reserved for the story itself. Exactly. For the characters, for the settings, how these two people met, it allows you to focus, in my opinion, on the things that really matter in the story. Yeah, it's super interesting. I never thought of the connection between you know music and, and storytelling in this way, but I think that's a really nice way to kind of contextualize it. Definitely. I think, I think audio content, you know, it's still a pretty nascent market, not music, but like, you know, podcasting and and audio storytelling is, is quite new when you think about just like the timeline of media. And so they're still relatively siloed. And if you like, look at the podcasting apps, it's like, okay, you can listen to music on them. You can listen to podcasts, but how do you marry those two together? And I think we actually have a story coming out soon where we have a hit song built into the plot of our story. And I think that there is something really nice about being able to kind of seamlessly move between those two audio mediums without um, any friction and kind of and kind of merging those two is a really fun thing for us to work on creatively. But also I think that it'll tap into new audiences, people who are excited about both of those mediums and want to access them in one place. Absolutely. And I think, you know, on this podcast, something that I'm very interested in exploring, as we've kind of alluded to already, is this idea of kind of streamlining the storytelling experience by slowing down, which I think allows us to live, work, and feel better, especially in this very volatile, fast-paced digital age. And something that I always like to ask all of my guests is what this idea of slow content or storytelling means to them. And for you, you I think you've, again, touched on this a little bit already, but what does it mean in the context of what you're building at Meet Cute? Yeah, I think there are so many great parallels between, you know, the slow stories brand and Meet Cute. I always say that at its core, Meet Cute is a well-being company because listening to good content, and you know this from slow stories, it's just a way to feel good, which is almost a precursor to the rest of the well-being category, including mental health, including healthcare. And when someone listens to a good song or attends a concert or reads a good book, they feel good. And that's an important part of a person's self-care routine. So when I think about how slow content and storytelling 
relates to Meet Cute, I think Meet Cute truly captures and highlights these moments of human connection. In an increasingly digital world, we want our stories to focus on that part of life and get people to reflect on those moments and think about them more. So these stories are not meant to be sped up or listened to at 1.5 or 2x. They're meant to be consumed as if you're in the room with the protagonists, like you've been dropped into that setting. And I love audio for that reason, because it really allows people to interact with the stories in a more intimate way and actually experience the stories by visualizing them. So they can imagine themselves or their best friends or the settings that they know and love in their heads instead of being told what to visualize by by seeing it on screen. And I think that that experience makes storytelling so much richer and more personal that um, it's really hard to put into words, but you kind of have to experience it to, to know what I'm talking about. And I really love the idea of slowing down so you can make those moments possible through scripted storytelling. And I think that you know you do a really good job of that on, on slow stories as well. Thank you. Yeah, I think what's really important too about slow storytelling, and at least in like an audio podcast context, is that one, it removes the screen. You know, you don't necessarily have to be looking at something that is already probably pulling your mind and your attention in a million different directions. But it's made me personally a better listener in the sense that I'm able to pay attention and kind of get back to the core of actually being invested in something versus just kind of having the ability to cop out or to log out because it's so easy to do that. I think to the self-care element of that, it's also just an important way to kind of redevelop some of those skills that we might have lost. Definitely. I I really agree with that. I think it's so easy to, like the barrier to entry for content is low and the barrier to exit is also low. And I think while we want to democratize access to content and give people the ability to interact with different types of content, different formats, different mediums, I think that we also want people to be purposeful about the content that they're interacting with and choose content that makes them feel good instead of just the content that's in front of them. Because I think there is something really valuable about that process of deciding to listen to something or deciding to read something. And having that barrier to exit being really low might not be to our benefit because I think it makes us a little bit easily distracted. It, It makes us move from thing to thing in a really fast and maybe disjointed way and and being able to slow down and say, no, I want to dedicate this 15 minutes to this story and get to know these characters and fall in love with these characters, um, I think is very special. And it's like the same reason that you go to a movie theater to watch a movie is that like, you're completely immersed in that content and you can't just click out like you're you're there you've invested with a bowl of popcorn you you bought your ticket and you're sitting in a comfy seat and we want to create that experience for people in a much more accessible in a much more kind of democratized way you know i'm sure the timing of having launched meet cute in a time of you know the world being appended by a global pandemic cultural discourse and just general sort of uncertainty I love that what you're doing is really rooted in, you know, providing, as you say, hope for the world. And so tell me a little bit more about how the environment has kind of informed how you look at stories. And, you know, what have you learned about hope as you've navigated this time personally, professionally, and creatively? Yeah, I think that that's a really important thing to talk about right now. I would say all of the things that I've learned about hope in my life, and especially in the last year, 
are applicable to all three of those categories, to personal, to professional, and to creative. I think no one could have been prepared or equipped to deal with all of the things we're facing right now, from a global pandemic to political uncertainty and important social justice issues coming to light. But what gives me hope through all of that is that if we show up every day and put thought and effort into our relationships, to our work, and into our communities, we can kind of step back and see that incremental change happening and working. And you know, not being able to see the people who matter most in our lives and finding ways to maintain those relationships, even with social distancing or not being able to produce our stories in studios with talent in the same room. It seemed impossible at the beginning of of COVID-19. And now when I look back, over 80% of our stories have been made completely remotely. So creatively, we found ways to, to take these constraints that were placed on us and it almost like forced us to reinvent the way that we think about our work, we think about our relationships and we think about community building. And I think that with constraints that forces creativity to happen, I think it's a pretty special trait that humans are able to take something that's difficult and hard and move it to something that you can see the silver lining in or can be an improvement to how something was done before. And that's truly what gives me hope. And, and I know that we're moving to a better place because of that. So our mission statement at Meet Cute, as we're creating force, you know, as we're creating these stories and releasing four stories a week has been, we will never waver on that mission statement of hope for the whole world. Cause it feels like right now we need that more than ever, something to hold on to and, and feel hopeful and happy about. It's amazing. And, you know, just as you were speaking and just kind of thinking about how you approach turning the rom-com genre on its head, you know, what role do you think stories can play in kind of creating space for more realistic narratives around hope? So less of a happily ever after and more of a to be continued, but in a positive way, if that makes sense. Definitely. I love the idea of like the modern rom-com being you know, having both happily ever afters and happily for nows is like kind of the positive, but maybe like unfinished version of a happily ever after. And I think that that adds a level of nuance to storytelling that's super relevant today where it's, you know, something doesn't have to be perfect or fully baked for it to be a good, hopeful and happy story. And we can find moments of happiness, even in smaller kind of chunks of that story. So I always say that like, a rom-com today can end with someone making eye contact with someone else for the first time because they've gained confidence or maybe someone holding hands with someone for the first time because they've improved something about themselves that gives them the ability to start a relationship with someone. So it really doesn't have to be this like grand, glossy, happily ever after that we're used to in romantic comedies. And like when you think about the rom-coms from the early 2000s, that's kind of what our perfect picture of relationships looks like is these glossy large moments in life. But I almost want Meet Cute to focus on this level of nuance, bring diversity into our stories in a way that allows people to appreciate even those smaller moments of happiness and hope in our lives. And I think that those honestly lead to more interesting rom-coms that are more relatable for people and therefore people can connect with the content in a really interesting way. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you kind of continue to lead with some of these things, referencing your welcome letter that you wrote when you launched Meet Cute. You went back to sort of these three Bs, publishing, being deliberate, distributed, and diverse. And so I'd love to have you speak a little bit more to that. And also, you know, what would you say to both storytellers and listeners in terms of, you know, their role and kind of pushing the boundaries of this genre forward as the world sort of reorders itself um, during this time? Yep. I think, I think that those three Ds that you referenced are definitely core values for us at Meet Cute. Diversity in storytelling is so important, and it's not only valuable for society to see diversity and inclusion in the entertainment industry, but I truly think it results in better storytelling. As a younger female non-white founder, I think this is particularly important to me, and I want our creative networks to reflect the diversity that we see in the world um, in our stories. And unlike traditional media companies, we're not just greenlighting stories that have been successful before, but rather we welcome stories about new characters and settings, whether it's two drag queens as protagonists of a rom-com or maybe an open relationship. And, you know, there's a very wide slate of LGBTQ plus content on Meet Cute's platform, even stories that take place in small, unheard of towns, stories about gamers, people that we know exist and and we want to hear their voices elevated, but haven't been given the stage or the platform to write stories about themselves and make themselves heard. So I really think of Meet Cute as almost an incubator for a lot of diverse and inclusive stories to be heard in the world. So when I think about this genre, I, I want Meet Cute to redefine what rom-coms are and, and almost be the go-to digital brand in romantic comedies because there is a gap in the market right now. And in line with all of these social justice conversations happening, we believe that it's our job as an entertainment company to reflect that in our storytelling. It also allows us to take creative risks in different ways. Like we can incorporate music into our stories. We can extend certain series so that people can grow up with different characters. We can take risks in ways because we're not constrained by the traditional media pipeline for storytelling. And those creative risks are fun and they're only possible in a model that encourages experimentation and encourages diversity within this format and this constraint that we're setting. So I truly think one, it results in better storytelling and two, it's important for the world, especially at this moment. Yeah, for sure. And I think something that is so prevalent in rom-coms is you see a protagonist, um, you know, growing in a relationship, but also growing as a result of that sort of relationship or instance that they're experiencing. And I think something that is always sort of interesting when we're going through these periods of growth or exploration is, you know, how we approach asking questions, whether it's of ourselves or of others, because to be able to do that, I think, is where the best growth can come from. And so with that said, this can be either as it pertains to Meet Cute or just in your own life. Is there a particular question that you hope people start asking you more often? I think the question that I, that I love when I ask other people this and when other people ask me this is stories of how you connected with other people, like the play-by-play of how you got to know someone doesn't have to be romantic. It could be someone you work with, someone that is a mentor to you, someone that 
It could even be your relationship with a pet that you adopted. And I think that those small moments, like whether it's a little glance or an awkward silence, are really the building blocks of of relationships, which in my opinion are like the most important thing to life. And when you have time to sit down and listen, I think that these stories often tell you the most about a person because it's the way that they describe the moment and the way they describe their feelings in that moment that matters. Those questions sometimes feel like they're probing or they're, you know, they might be like too forward if you haven't gotten to know someone well. But I think that what the moment we're in right now as a society and as a world is showing us is that we need other people and and connecting with other people is really important to us. So if we can ask questions that make that more normal and make those moments really important and highlight those moments, I would hope that that's kind of the direction that we move in and that people feel comfortable asking me that and I get to feel comfortable asking other people that. It's especially critical as we kind of have to shift to being more connected digitally, which I think that whole environment is sort of going through a shift in, you know, what is standard in terms of, you know, how we ask these questions and how we connect on a more human level. It'll be interesting to sort of revisit this conversation a year from now and see how all of that has evolved. I think we're going through like a growth period. And and I hope that people are taking time to reflect on ways that they interact with people and prioritize people, um, even even in like the hardest moments. Because right now it's so hard to be able to do that when you're not just naturally around people. And so how do you find those moments, those meet cute moments um, of any sort in your life right now, I think is a really interesting question to be asking as we think about like, what does the next year look like? What does five years from now look like? I think that is something that's probably another sort of conversation in itself, but it sort of presents a nice runway to lead into one of the last questions that I always like to ask, especially in the context of connecting, telling stories, and doing this in a world that at the moment is very digital first. And so with that said, you know, why do you think slowing down our relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? And then to also add to that, connect better. I love this question because I think that content is such an important part of our day-to-day lives. But I also believe that our relationship to content should be purposeful and deliberate. And slowing down allows you to think about the content and how it makes you feel and reflect on it and then talk about it with people. And that, to me, is what creates community and it enables people to feel an emotional connection to stories. We have content accessible to us with the click of a button on our TVs, on our phones, on our laptop, but not every piece of content is going to make you feel good or going to make you feel like you're growing or that you can emotionally connect to something. So instead of doom scrolling, I would say it's okay to take a break from headlines and the uncertainty and give yourself a break with content that just makes you feel good and and could be fictional in nature. I think fictional content can honestly teach us a lot about the real world, and it's often rooted in real experiences. But sometimes it gets a bad rep because it's not necessarily informing you about something or educating you about something. And I think that taking that pressure off when it comes to content is so much a part of slowing down and just being deliberate about what content is going to make you feel good. And that ultimately will help us live better. It'll help us in our work lives. It'll help us stay connected to people because I think we can learn a lot from slowing down, being deliberate with content and and truly pulling out 
valuable moments and valuable lessons from all sorts of content, even if it's not something that's meant to teach you. It's something that you can just escape into and feel good about. I think that that is productive use of time. And I think that we should be okay with doing that more. Our intention with how we talk about content, how we decide to consume content can evolve and change as we decide what what we like, how we want to spend our time. And slowing down is the only way to truly tap into that and figure out what that is for each person. And so I think it very much is this individual reflective conversation that has to happen of what type of content do I want to interact with and how is it going to make me feel. And the only way to do that is, is slowing down. That was Naomi Shaw of Meet Cute. Head over to meetcute.com to listen to Meet Cute's 15-minute rom-coms and also follow them on Instagram at meetcute. Stay tuned for highlights from this episode on our own social platforms at Slow Stories Official on Instagram and at Slow Stories Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to Slow Stories. We'll be back soon.